Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Well, this year marks the 10th anniversary since the death of a woman regarded by many as the most successful Irish writer of all time, Maeve Binchy. With a staggering 43 million in sales worldwide, her novels Circle of Friends and Tara Road were adapted by Hollywood, while Light a Penny Candle broke records for her literary debut. Well, at the end of this month, Ireland's only literary festival with Maeve at its heart will be taking place at Dorky Castle. And to tell me about this festival and about Maeve's incredible legacy. I'm joined here in studio now by her husband, Gordon Snell. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Miriam. I'm delighted to be here. Delighted to see you're looking great, very healthy. Thank you very much. Look, we'll chat about the festival shortly, but I'm just wondering, I suppose, 10 years on, does it get easier or do you miss her just as much? I miss her just as much, but uh, her presence is everywhere in the house we live in. So she's kind of there all the time. And would would you chat to her? Like, do you, do you talk to her? I suppose mentally, yes, I do. <laughs> I ch- check out that I'm doing things right. Remind me where you met Gordon. Where did you meet Maeve? We met in the BBC because I used to work in BBC radio and she used to do um, pieces for Woman's Hour, the Radio 4 programme, when she was in, in London. And a great friend of mine, as it happened, was a producer on Woman's Eye. And so she introduced us, and that's how it began. And we used to meet when just for a drink and a, a chat when uh, she was in London. And one time she said, God, I wish I lived in London, because at that time you could take a hovercraft trip across the channel to Boulogne for the day. So I said, well, we could do that. So that's how it all began, really, the romance, if you like. We, we went across to Boulogne on the hovercraft and uh, she said, um, how does this thing work? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, it's a sort of cushions of air, they say. And uh, maybe who never um, featured me in her columns, as you know. Yeah. And, uh, the column came out as a bore beside me talked about <laughs> cushions of air. <laughs> I said, that's going a bit far, but anyway. <laughs> and did you mind leaving your own home, I suppose? Did you mind leaving England to come and live with Maeve and set up a new life in Ireland? Oh, no, I love it. I, I mm. felt very much at home as soon as I came here. And, uh, you know, where we live is just in her hometown of Dorky, where the festival is. And um, so it, I, I just... Um, Fitted in very naturally, I felt, yes, and very was made very welcome. What was your own background? Where, where did you grow up? And what, tell me about your own family. Uh, I was born in Singapore, where my father worked as a surveyor for the Singapore Corporation. And then during the war, my mother brought me to Australia. So I was in Australia during the Second World War. My father was a prisoner of war, but fortunately got out afterwards and came and joined us in Australia, and then eventually we came back to the UK and lived in Leeds. And then when I went to, after university, I went uh, into the BBC. And I was thinking this week, I was over <clears throat> at Buckingham Palace, obviously Queen Elizabeth II died, but how do you think Maeve would have um, reacted to her death? And you yourself, I suppose, as someone who's English, how seismic do you think this event is? And how much do you think it will mean for England going forward? Oh, well, uh, she was such a strength. I was, you know, I'm not a monarchist, but I'm full Mm. of admiration for 
what she did, and uh, particularly when she came to Ireland, this, that was just amazing, I thought, and the way she bowed her head in, at the memorial. And, you know, she was absolutely dedicated to her job, and she's um, reinforced that uh, institution, if you like, and mm. um, she's just a very, very impressive woman and very, very dedicated. You have to admire her. Devon, of course, many people forget, and this will come up at the Echoes Festival about Maeve at the end of the month, that she was a journalist and a teacher before that again, long before she ever became a novelist, Maeve, wasn't she? She was, yes. She always felt when she looked at her passport and it said writer, that's not right, I'm, I should be labelled teacher. <laughs> she couldn't get used to the idea that she was not still a teacher. And, and she loved uh, uh, t- teaching in, in the sense of uh, helping young novelists and young writers. And she always, you know, it was was keen to foster new talent and encourage people. She always said that, uh, you know, it wasn't like a cake that you took slices of. It was more like a, a cairn that you built up with every writer was a new, a new stone to build up on the cairn. And of course, it was through teaching, wasn't it? A gift by the parents of children she taught in her school of a holiday in a kibbutz in Israel that, you know, that that's how she almost went into writing. That's true. Yes, she used to write long letters home, and uh, her father, you know, was so impressed with them that he sent uh, the uh, he sent them mm-hmm. to uh, one of the newspapers, and uh, they were published. And so when she came back, she said uh, she suddenly found she was a published author, which was great. <laughs> and so that that began her career as a travel writer mainly, and uh, then she joined the Irish Times as a as woman's editor. And I suppose we were talking about royalty a minute ago, but wasn't it Princess Anne's wedding that landed her in a bit of a spot of bother at the Irish Times? Yes, much to her surprise, actually, because uh, we were away. She was away in Brussels on an assignment, and when she came back, there was this uh, sacks full of males criticising her coverage because she treated it as though it was a production, which it was, of course. And uh, she said, well, the... um, the, the performers did a brilliant job, but of course they were getting rather more than equity rates, and that seemed to infuriate people. But funnily enough, not um, necessarily West Brit type people, but uh, you know the, the Irish generally. Some she got letters from people saying, you know, Eileen O'Connor, mother of three. Um, <laughs> I, I was very offended by your article because it, because it attacked the institution of marriage. That's how they saw it, which it, it wasn't doing at all. Yes. <laughs> but that's the perils of journalism, I suppose. Now, you married in 77, I think, in London, Gordon. And what then prompted, I suppose, Maeve to veer away from journalism towards the career as a novelist? You'd been discussing, I think, that your work was transient. How did yes. it come about, the big change? Well, you see, I, I, as I wrote in radio, that was sort of, um, you know, it, it just went by, went by in, in a day and uh, mm. it was gone. And she said, well, my column is the same. So we both said, wouldn't it be great if we could write uh, books or stories which you could look up on the shelf and say, look, I wrote that. So that's, that's where we, how we began in a way. And was it two books of short stories, I think Central Line and Victoria Line, called after two roots in the underground, that, that that was how she began her writing? It was. That was the first publications. And uh, they were short stories and they were very successful. 
But then her agent, Chris Green, said, uh, really, uh, you know, to, to launch your career as a, as a writer, you should really do a novel. And that's how Light Up Any Candle came about, because she said uh, she, she'd write about an English girl and an Irish girl, and how the English girl was an evacuee during the war and stayed with this uh, rumbustious Irish family. And uh, she was a sort of quiet, uh, diffident lass mm -hmm. and, until she met, met this family and got f friendly with Ashling, who was the, uh, the daughter of the same age. And uh, they became such great friends. It's really about uh, the intensity of friendship, mm -hmm. if you like, and how it can break down barriers and, and be a, a, li a lifelong thing. And when she was writing that first novel, did she keep you aware of what she was writing about? And did you think it would be as successful as it became? I don't think either of us realised quite uh, what a success it would be because uh, when you're sitting writing, and you, you, don't, you don't really... You think of the, the reader and the reaction that you'll get, but you don't necessarily think of um, millions of readers. You think of maybe one reader, like, like as a broadcaster, you think of mm, one yeah, listener. listener. So true. But there was a buzz, wasn't it, just before it was published? I mean, and in the end, the paperback rights for that book, they were auctioned for a huge sum of money, weren't they? They were, yes. The, um, and that, again, was a surprise. The publisher rang because at that time... Um, the, the publishers sold the paperback rights to a different publisher, mm. and so there was a kind of auction. Maybe thought it was going to be an auction where she'd held up a, you know, people will hold up their hands and so, <laughs> yeah. and, and and gavels would be hammered and stuff. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was all done by phone. So the publisher rang her and said, "Are you sitting down?" And Maeve said, "Yes, yes." And he said, "Well, I just want to tell you." That the, you, you know your novel's been sold for this fantastic sum, and so that was really needed a, a sit down to, to take in. So uh, the, everything has been a surprise, if you like, along the way—a very pleasant surprise. Very pleasant. And when uh, do you remember that moment? I suppose, and, and did you both celebrate it, or did it seem a, an almost unreal, surreal moment? It seemed uh, it seemed very <laughs> unreal at the time, but certainly we celebrated. We were very celebratory people. So, yes, we, we very much celebrated that. And of course, you famously worked side by side, Gordon, at a long desk. I mean, what are your memories of how she worked at that desk as she wrote? She started very early in the morning, didn't she? Is that right? She did. She'd start because when she was in the London office of the Irish Times, she would get up about half past five, six o'clock and, and write for maybe a couple of hours before she went into the London office. And then the, the uh, pages she'd written during the week, she'd send to her agents and they were gradually compiled into, into the novel, chapter by chapter. And of course, famously, many people around the world, not just the 43 million books that were sold, but Oprah Winfrey was a huge fan. Tell me about the day Oprah actually phoned her and Maeve didn't really believe it was Oprah, isn't that right? That's right. Well, I don't think you would necessarily. No. But yes, we were sitting with a friend chatting and... Uh, the phone rang and, it, and the voice said, uh, hello, this is Oprah Winfrey. And so Maeve said, oh, come on, who is it really? <laughs> and she said, I'm going to phone you back in five minutes. It really is. And she did phone back and it really was. And Maeve somehow knew that time that it really was. And so we went over to Chicago 
and and she appeared on Oprah's program, and that really yeah. made a, a, a huge hit and uh, and a huge public in America. Yeah, Tara Road, I think it was one. Oprah had chosen it as her book. Her That's book right. Club. Yes, and. You also ended up going to the White House, invited. I think she was invited by Barbara Bush. Yes, Barbara Bush, it turned out, was a, a great fan of hers. And she said that in, in some television program. And then, of course, the publishers went into orbit. And you know, <laughs> so, and Barbara Bush that wrote to Maeve and said, if you're ever coming to Washington, do call in. And, of course, it doesn't take much for <laughs> May have to decide that she might well be passing through Washington. So we, and then she very kindly said, because uh, Barbara Bush was holding a, a ladies' lunch, you see, can I bring Gordon? Because it'd be terrible to have to leave him at home and, and tell him. What <laughs> so she said, "Oh yes, fine." So I, I went with Maeve to to the lunch. It was, it, it was, and Wonderful. she was very, very nice indeed, Barbara Bush, and a great fan of Maeve's and knew all the books. So tell me then, the Echoes Festival at the end of this month, it's running from September the 30th to October the 2nd. Tell me about it. What's going to be happening in it? Well, the, f- the first event is a, a uh, dramatisation which Shay Lenahan did of uh, Minding Frankie. And that'll be on the Friday evening. And also uh, Artie's Kevin Reynolds will be talking about dramatising Maeve's books. Work, yeah. And uh, the Saturday is, is all the talks and lectures and readings and discussions of not only Maeve's work, but uh, other writers. Roddy Doyle is there, for instance, and uh, various uh, younger writers too, Barry Pierce and uh, Kathy Kelly and people of that kind who really in, will talk about their influence oh, and the influence yeah. Maeve had on them because she was, as I said, she, she was very keen to kind of foster other writers and talk to them. Well, it's wonderful that this is happening. The Echoes, as I said, festival running from September the 30th to October the 2nd there in Dorky. Gordon Snell, it's been lovely chatting to you. Uh, Stay being healthy and wonderful. You're looking great. Thanks for being my guest this morning. Thank you, Mary.